Hi, everybody. This is Jay. And this is Mark. And we'd like to welcome you to Backstage Pass. We take you behind the magic and inside Disney history, pulling back the curtains and letting you see the Disney magic and history up close. With an eclectic mix of entertaining topics, humor, and tons of information and details, we want to keep you learning and smiling. So here is your Backstage Pass. Last time, Jay and Mark were granted access to the underground WDI storage facility hidden under the abandoned hotel near Pop Century Resort to see the Horizon storage area. During their exploration, Jay has accidentally fallen into a sinkhole similar to the one that is rumored to have been one of the reasons for the Horizon show building to be demolished. Jay is in big trouble. Jay? I can't hold on any longer, Mark. I'm going to die. I see my life flashing before my eyes. I'm sorry I stole that Twinkie from Brian Anderson in the fourth grade. <laughs> Jay. And, and that time I, I started a fire playing alone with the iron, and I let my mom think that she left it plugged in accidentally. Jay. <laughs> Oh, 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 yeah, and all those times that I told my hygienist that I was flossing when, when I really wasn't, and... Jay. And... <laughs> uh, what? It's, uh, not a sinkhole. It's not? No, and you're not dying. I- I'm not? You stepped off the ledge here instead of going down the steps. You're like three feet off the ground. Uh, uh oh. You really are a piece of work sometimes, you know. Well... I couldn't tell. It could have been a sinkhole. Well, it could have been a sarlacc. The sarlacc. But it wasn't. So come on. This is where Horizons gets really fun. Found on several planets across the galaxy. I can't believe you don't floss. What? Never mind. And reproduced by spores, digesting its victims for a thousand years. Here's the interactive media unit. Thanks. <laughs> falls off the ledge. <laughs> You're not an Imagineer, are you? <clears throat> How would you like me to turn you off? <laughs> the two Omnimax screens were reportedly the largest screens in the world for the presentation of the present segment of the ride. Originally, the Omnimax screens were planned as three screens including additional scenes of weather technology, a flight through a hurricane, astronaut training underwater, robot manufacturing, and laser technology. When Dick Nunes, the president of Walt Disney World, previewed the ride, he was impressed with the Omnimax movies, but wanted the cars to have a simulator movement. Unfortunately, that would have to wait until Soren. The Omnimover vehicles were suspended some 60 feet in the air for the movie sequences. The sideways movements of the vehicles did cause some concerns for emergency evacuations, and an escape path ran behind the vehicles. 
The backs of the vehicles could open in an emergency, allowing the guests to exit onto the pathway. There was a primary concern for safety, so no guests that were prone to falling <laughs> would get hurt. <laughs> That's it. I'm getting a screwdriver and your battery pack is coming out. <clears throat> After the movie scenes, the ride transported guests to a vision of future living environments. But let's start off at our place. Wow, look at that. That's the huge set for the grandparents' Nova City's apartment. You know where you'd come around looking in through the large sloping windows. You can see the stormy twilight cityscape out the large curving window in the background. I remember it used to have moving vehicles even. And there's the audio animatronics of the grandfather playing a futuristic keyboard musical instrument with the dog watching him and the grandmothers across the room sitting and talking to her daughter, visible on that oval-shaped monitor. My wife there has a good ear for music. That's our daughter she's talking to. She's doing wonders out there on one of those desert farms. Isn't it something? Send a city kid to college for seven years and what happens? She becomes a farmer. Oh, I think agricultural engineer is a little more like it. And see, here's where the set curved around to the side of their apartment to show the hydroponic plants growing on their balcony. You know, right there against the background of the city. Okay, but me, I'll take the city. Yes, it's always exciting. But hey, with today's transportation, we're just minutes away from our kids. George McGinnis recalled that most of the Horizon show sets were first constructed in miniature. During the rushed period of designing Horizons, McGinnis would often build models at home in the evening to meet the deadline meetings with the design team. The scenes in the early parts of Horizons were all viewed from one side only, unlike show scenes in attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean, where set pieces are seen on all sides of the guests. Now the scene shifted to the Sonoran Desert, again with a storm brewing in the background. Hey, there's the robotic harvesters, and a triangular arrangement of helium blimps, and the lifting baskets for the crops being harvested. Look at that, will you? A few years ago, this was all barren desert. No crops, no irrigation. Quite a transformation. The desert scene was designed with a long forced perspective in mind. As you pass the scene at the midpoint, guests were distracted by a small hovercraft sitting on its pad, which kept them from noticing the degrading perspective as they passed by. Then remember the scene would shift from the daughter in that blue-lit harvester control station talking to her husband at home in their very modern kitchen situated in the desert hills. I was calling for showers out of the north. Well, I'm not surprised. I can see the storm from here. Even the robots see it. Stand by, harvesters. I mean real showers. I believe it. Thanks for the warning. The entire desert farm and habitat scenes smelled as good as they looked. A specially designed smell machine pumped out orange scent 
as each vehicle passed by. You know, this really makes me proud. And you wanted her to go to law school. But do you suppose they ever miss the fun of the city? Oh, I think they get their share right here. The kitchen was beautifully detailed with its transparent glass floor, smart circular cabinets, and partial views through to the desert scene outside. General Electric advised on the various products found in the futuristic kitchen. Did you ever notice that the birthday cake he's making is a replica of the Space Colony Station? <laughs> Look at that! Cool! <laughs> hey, and there off to the side of the kitchen was the family communications room with the big screen television. Right. They got the prediction of the home with the huge television screen, right? Yeah. But she's talking to her boyfriend on it, not watching a movie. Shouldn't your granddaughter be studying instead of flirting with that beach boy? He is not a beach boy. He's studying marine biology there on the floating city. The boy audio animatronic was welding a part on his mini submarine and will launch it through the floor when finished. Through the window, guests could see a portion of the floating city. The audio animatronic of the boy is patterned after real-life Imagineer Tom Fitzgerald, who was the main story writer for Horizons. Remember you'd look down below the sub bay and you'd see a classroom. Yeah, down there. With the teacher, some kids, and yep, there he is, the SEAL animatronic. What was his name, Rover? That's right. Now you're always those places. I'm not worried about your swimming at all. And I know this isn't your first dive, but tell me, what's your most important tool underwater? It's judgment. You must use good judgment. And what else must you do, Scott? Swim safely. The scenes kept diving deeper and deeper along the underwater city. We'd float past round bubble windows of people of different cultures, eating, looking at passing seals, and eventually to a submersible that's mining the ocean floor. Floating cities, they're amazing. I mean, whole new industries have developed in them, and under them, mariculture, all sorts of marine mining, fuels, energy. And fun, remember fun? I'm serious. Well, so am I. Floating cities have opened up whole new ways for people to enjoy their lives, as well as their work. The IMU is showing the diving film sequence. You can see the lights of the floating city above and the docking tubes hanging below. <laughs> Some of the little personal subs are heading to the dock. And the scuba class then swims by. There's always been something sort of mysterious about our oceans. We knew they were filled with valuable gifts for us. Yeah, water and seaweed. Very funny. But seawater has become an excellent source of energy, as well as being valuable for desert irrigation. And kelp. Seaweed. Kelp is a tremendous source of low-cost fuel. Oh, we found lots of good things under our oceans. And don't forget space. We found lots of good things out there, too. Originally, the Solo Sub was designed to resemble the personal spacecraft that guests would see in the space habitat to allow a video projection of the mini-sub actually morphing into the spacecraft as guests rounded a corner. But the projection device, designed by Don Iwerks and built by the Special Effects Engineering Department, developed a severe case of the shakes when the ride was moving 
and it rendered the projection unusable. Several astronaut audio animatronics appeared floating, assembling a metal gridwork, and in the background, guests could see a giant round rotating space station projection against a backdrop of stars. docking station for the mini spacecraft. <laughs> look, the little intercolony spacecraft docked in the bay does resemble the solo submarine. Oh, and look at the name on it. Century 3, from the original name of the attraction. The scene would change to a view from the station's central column, looking at Shim Yokoyama's painting of the habitats, sports stadiums, and parks on the curved landscape inside the rotating sphere. These space colonies are out of this world. Let's take a quick look around. Now there's the new frontier. Our son and his family wouldn't live anywhere else. Hey, maybe you and I ought to move up here. Oh, what a wonderful idea. Now there's my speed. Sports and exercise in zero gravity. It looks like fun. It is once you get the hang of it. <laughs> hey, there's the bicycle riding audio animatronic. I remember that scene with the bike rider pedaling furiously upside down in front of a video of a road. And look at that. The huge scene of the space family floating in one of the docking bays of the station. Everything appeared to be floating. Hey, Mom! Mom! What is it, Tommy? Look, Mom, I'm flying! Why don't you try it? I don't know what I'm going to do with you. Don't let go of Napoleon. We don't want to lose him. Hey, Mom, what if he just floats away? He won't. Guests were then taken to the space station science lab featuring huge crystals grown in space. George McGinnis recalled that the giant size of the crystal was questioned by the design team, but it was decided to keep it under artistic license. Oh, now that's really lovely. Practical, too. Just think, materials from space for all kinds of industries back on Earth. And that's... Uh-oh. We gotta run. Time for our grandson's party? Uh-huh. We'll catch up to you later. I remember that scene. They had the boy and his parents on the Omega Centauri space station, joined by holographic images of the grandparents, siblings, and friends singing Happy Birthday from their respective habitats. Nova City, Mesa Verde, and Sea Castle. This scene was squeezed into a narrow corridor and presented troubles with the Pepper's Ghost holographic effect. The song Happy Birthday was owned by the Sonny Burchard Music Company and Disney had to pay royalties to use it in the attraction. Passengers, 
You are invited to choose your own flight path back to the future port. Please look down at the lighted panels in front of you. Press one of the three ride choices, space, desert, or undersea. Everyone can choose. Majority rules. All passengers, make your selections now. Man, I always love this part. You could choose your destination from the lighted selection buttons on the front of each vehicle. For the finale, with guests choosing how their rides would end, three huge models were fabricated. Created on the scale of a major motion picture special effect, the models were some 82 feet across and filmed with a motion control rig. The desert was built at a hangar at Burbank Airport, and the space model built at Disney Studios Stage 3. Some 5,000 model trees were constructed for the desert scene alone. The underwater model was built in two parts, and special effects smoke was added to make the model look like it was submerged in water. The underwater and space models were lit internally by neon lighting. In all, it took a year's work to produce the three 31-second films. The Omnimover vehicles tilted backwards during the finale scene with sub-bass speakers in the seats. The bass levels and narration were beamed to the vehicles via infrared transmitters located along the track. Horizon Center, you are clear for departure. Horizon's inner colony, this is Omega Control. Hold for Omega Transport. Well, we're almost back from the future. Oh, it went by so quickly. Yes, but one of the nice things about traveling into the future is that the journey's just beginning. That's right. And I'll tell you something. If we can dream it, we really can do it. And that's the most exciting part. From all of us, thanks for exploring Horizons. Now, please take small children by the hand and watch your step onto the moving belt. The belt and your vehicle are traveling at equal speed. Please look down and take young children by the hand as you step out onto the moving belt. The belt and your vehicle are traveling at equal speed. Look at that mural. That is fantastic. The 19 by 60 foot prologue and the promise was a mural for the post-show area by futuristic artist Robert McCall. Original designs called for speed ramps with GE logos following guests along the tunnel walls. New GE chairman Dick Walsh felt that this was too much like a commercial and mixed the idea. Well, that was an amazing attraction. Can you imagine the maintenance and upkeep on that entire show? It must have been enormous. No wonder they started thinking about closing it down after it lost GE sponsorship. Yeah, but what a shame. Horizons was one of those attractions that truly encompassed everything that Epcot was supposed to be. And really the one attraction at Disney that left you with a glowing optimism about the future. It really made an impression on me as a kid. Well... None of us like to deal with change and loss, but unfortunately, that's a big part of what life is about, isn't it? I guess so, but I still miss Horizons. Me too, buddy. Me too. Come on.
beneath the stains of time the feelings disappear you are someone else I am still right here what have I become my sweetest friend everyone I know goes away in If you'd like to see our source information for this topic or have questions or comments, please join us on the Inside the Magic forums in the Backstage Pass with Jay and Mark section. This is Jay. And this is Mark saying we'll see you next time Backstage.